Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Superman number 187, cover date June 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artists Kurt Swan and George Klein, edited by Mort Weisinger, featuring Superman's Fortress of Solitude, written by Jerry Siegel, art by Wayne Boring and Stan Kay, and The Boy in the Bubble, written by Jerry Siegel, art by Kurt Swan and Stan Kay, and Three Nights in the Fortress of Solitude, written by Otto Binder, art by Kurt Schaffenberger. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go, go. Superman brings his Fortress of Solitude to Metropolis for tours, and during the tour, Superman relates the stories of when he located his fortress in space and in the center of the Earth. Meanwhile, Jimmy Olsen exchanges places with Kandorian Van Zee while he helps Superman with an experiment. Jimmy meets Van Zee's family and explores Kandor, but when the exchange ray breaks, Jimmy cannot be restored to normal. Meanwhile, Lois Lane visits Superman's Fortress of Solitude and intentionally exposes herself to special rays which make sunlight deadly to her. The effect lasts three days, so Lois must stay in the fortress. While there, she hopes to prove to Superman that it would make an ideal home for her as his wife. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. And hey, Superman, you're going to need a bigger fortress to hold all the misogyny. It's an 80-page giant. It's a comic that's got 80 pages. An 80-page giant. An 80-page giant. Sure is hot. How hot is it? It's so hot that Superman could locate his Fortress of Solitude right in our front yard. <laughs> Boy, Bob, that's funny. Um, 80-page giant, Superman number 187. 80-page giant. All about Superman's Fortress of Solitude. The whole thing. Yeah, well, kind I mean, of. sort of. We're skipping a couple yeah. stories that weren't directly about the Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm. But, uh... We have an all-star collection featuring Superman's inner sanctum, mm-hmm. a super scoop. Superman unlocks secrets of the Fortress of Solitude, and we see him here on the cover unlocking the door with the giant airplane, airplane marker, marker that is so super heavy that only Superman and Supergirl can lift it. So what happens I to- mean, presumably the Margin Manhunter could lift it also, probably Captain Marvel and... Uh, I don't know who all. What are the planes doing that needed that airplane marker when he's in locking and unlocking his Fortress of Solitude? Well, I'd imagine that he times it carefully so that he's not unlocking it as a plane is passing overhead. Oh, okay. Okay. 
As a matter of fact, I believe there is a later story. As you know, the 80-page giant is all reprints from the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I believe in a later story, a helicopter pilot actually does just follow the marker right to the front door of the fortress. And so after that, they put pegs up and hang it. Like a keyboard you'd have in your kitchen. Oh, yes, A pegboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, But for now... I guess we're going with the airplane marker idea. Okay. Also, a visit to the Bottle City of Candor, starring Jimmy Olsen. And Lois Lane spends three nights in the fortress in her <laughs> never-ending quest to trick Superman into marriage. Boy, she is Why didn't she just get pregnant? She, oh, oh, she's relentless, isn't she? Yeah. <clears throat> You'd think people didn't do that in the old days, but... Um, trick men into marrying them? Well, get pregnant outside of wedlock. Oh, no, that happened a lot. Oh, I know. Yeah. They just didn't talk about it. No. Um, my uncle, great uncle, actually, had a fiancé for 60 years. They never married. Yes. The official story was that he didn't want to live in town and she didn't want to live on the farm. Okay. The actual story was that she was secretly her own sister's daughter. So she was afraid a blood test would reveal the family shame. And she was from a prominent family in Middle Point, Ohio. So she didn't want the family shame to become known. Wow. Anyway, my grandmother told my mother Uh that she had, that the girlfriend, the fiance, had Uh had an abortion in the 1920s. Oh my God. What is an abortion in the 1920s like? It couldn't have been pretty. I'll tell you that. Oh my God. I don't know. Maybe in the 1920s it was just... You know, matter you just go to the doctor and take a mustard plaster or something. Or an injection, who knows? Oh. I don't know. My goodness. Well, the world's a mess, and it always has been. That's true. People romanticize the past as if there was nothing wrong with it, and it was, there was plenty wrong with it. I'll All say. you have to do is just scratch the surface and get plenty of things. Civil rights, um, uh, well, that mostly civil rights. That's what I think about. Right. Mostly. But I mean, people talk about the wholesome and good nature of, of the past as if it were, you know, the halcyon days of the past, and that's not at all the case. Correct. Yeah. There's um, always been darkness and, and uh, inequity. And you know what else there's always been? Superman. Wax figures coming to life to attack Superman. Nothing creepy about that at all. Um, we have a new feature. I don't know if it's new, but I don't recall seeing in 80 Page Giants. They're actually showing the covers of the original issues from whence the stories came. Okay, I'll take your word for it. In my great experience of reading 80 Page Giants, yeah, uh, and, which has been the second one. This is the second one that I mm-hmm. read, I believe. I don't recall the first one that I read having the reproduction of the covers. Yeah, I don't either. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember any subsequent ones. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Somebody will write in and tell Meet us. Supergirl, Supercat. Yeah, I'm sorry we don't get that story here. Is it Streaky? Streaky the Supercat. Yep. Um, this is the first story comes to us from Action Comics number 261. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that's from 1958. Ooh. And what? Okay. Well, we see the word, we see uh, Lois Lane's calendar on the wall, and it says 1959 on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's, you know. I said, I think. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I just uh, was, I, well, the reason I paused because I thought, oh, is that in the third story? Or the, I don't remember. Anyway, nice yeah, attention to detail. Story. Yeah. Whenever Superman wants to get away from it all, we read on the splash page, 
<clears throat> he retires to his secret sanctum, the Fortress of Solitude, the most glamorous hideaway of the entire universe. But was the fortress always hidden in the Arctic? Or like almost everything else connected with the Man of Steel, does his fortress have an incredible little-known history? Astounding surprises galore await you in this spellbinding story of the wondrous past of Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Rob, mm-hmm. I happen to know that no, indeed, Superman's Fortress did not always exist in the Arctic um, in the earliest days. Oh, well, I know it too because I've read about this. I read this issue. <laughs> oh, but besides this story, oh, actually okay. in the 40s, um, Superman, and there's a page in this that we are not going to be covering, but it details a little bit about the 1940s Fortress of Solitude, which was this fabulous art deco number in the mountains outside Metropolis. Oh. Yeah. Well, that would have been found, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now, it did have like a, his S-shield. The door was just his S-shield, but it swung open. But it was so super heavy that only he could open it. So, same idea as the airplane worker key. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, on the splash page, uh, there's wax dummies (coughs) attacking Superman while a ghostly figure cackles above. Lois, Ma Kent, Jor-El, I command all of you to wipe out Superman. Yeah. And he says, great, Scott. What's wrong? Nothing. Oh, uh, sorry. I thought you were, thought something happened. He says, great, Scott. I'm being attacked by the wax figures of those I I most admire and I love. Now they too have superpowers. Unless I destroy them, they will destroy me. And they're all like shooting at him with, with um, the heat vision and hurling I don't know, snow at him and punching him and all these things, these wax figures. I wonder if it's snow. Oh, it's super breath, super cold breath. Yep. Um, Now, no matter how super they are, they're still made of wax. Yeah, there's that. Uh, How about that? Anyway, one day on the amazing outskirts of Metropolis. Step right up this way, folks. See the one, the astonishing Superman Fortress of (laughs) Solitude. So Superman has brought his Fortress of Solitude, Mm -hmm. which we remind you is located in the Arctic inside a mountain. He's brought it to Metropolis. Okay. I have some issues with that one. We'll get to the scene where he's... Where's he going to put it down? In the park? Well, it's more that when we see that he's taking it back, Mm -hmm. it's just a a sphere, which Mm -hmm. is about as large as maybe a suburban home. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, is that, does he just pop the sphere inside of the mountain? That's what I didn't understand. He took the sphere to the center of the earth and he had the sphere in outer space. And yes. yes, yes, yes. But I have always lived my life assuming that he just carved out the inside of the mountain for his fortress. Oh, oh. Not that it was actually a semi detached something that like, he could cart around with him. Right. Like some sort of furnished orb. Yeah. Yeah. Like an airstream. Like Spaceship Earth at Epcot. Yes, just. The very thing. Now that'd be more of a kind of a size that Superman would. Uh, absolutely. Plenty of room need. for him to store his rare plants and creatures. And you know Supergirl has her own room. So Does she? Yes, yeah, certainly. I didn't know that. She goes to his fortress? She doesn't have her own fortress? No, she has like just a little, like a little mother-in-law suite <laughs> there. Because, of course, you know, her parents live in Candor. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Does she get to visit them? Sometimes, yes. Oh. Um, yes, they, of course, were <clears throat> marooned on Argo City. And when 
meteors crashed through the dome of Argo City because Argo City had been uh, saved from Krypton's destruction by just the whole chunk of Earth that it was on popped off <clears throat> intact and it had a dome over it. So they were fine. Uh, but then meteors crashed through the dome and as you know, every part of Krypton due to the explosion turned into kryptonite. Mm -hmm. So Supergirl's father had fashioned lead plating over the ground so that the kryptonite wouldn't kill them and then the meteors crashed through and that broke the lead plating and the kryptonite radiation. So that's when they sent Supergirl to Earth. But then it turned out that they got saved somehow like in the Phantom Zone and then they came to Earth and oh have to live in Candor. Right. It's such a twisted, complicated little plot they've got there. Right, right. Oh. And I just thought of something else that's going to make me angry in a minute, but I'll tell you when I get to it. Okay. Um, so Superman himself is leading a tour of his fortress. Um, one gentleman ha explains that he's there on his lunch hour, so may I eat my lunch during the tour, Standing Superman? There, eating a sandwich. Sure, that's fine. Quick as you please. Another gentleman, Big Bob Kruger, the oil man, asks Superman for an autograph. You can use my pen, but be sure to give it back. <laughs> anyway, Superman graciously leads the crowd through the fortress. We see his interplanetary zoo. We see... Are those actual creatures that are alive, or they're just suspended and animated? I'm... Assuming they're alive? Because there are some uh, creatures that wander around in the fortress. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we see a recently acquired rainbow jewel from another planet mm -hmm. whose radiations have a healthful, invigorating effect upon the beholder. It's like one of those, what are those bracelets that you wear and it's supposed to calm you down? A Q bracelet? A what bracelet? Oh, it's a new thing. It's all their age. Oh, that's why I don't know anything about I it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something you're supposed to wear and it just has healing radiation that calms you down. Jesus, does it work? I don't know. You want me to get you one? Well, give me a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could fashion a suit out of it. Oh, a uh, crown. We he, see here the bottle city of Candor. Mm -hmm. This must be early in Candor lore because he, as you probably know, it was Brainiac, the space villain, who shrunk Candor to tiny size. Mm-hmm. But Brainiac gets no mention here. Superman he will later uh, in the later other on, story. Yes. Yeah, 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 in this story, Superman just says, Candor uh, is right here in this bottle where it was placed by the space villain who reduced it in size. Right. So Brainiac maybe is not a recurring character at this point. I don't know. And the kid says, gee, it's real city in miniature. Let me look too, Kent. Um, I have a problem with this. What? Well, as we're going to see in the next issue, when uh, Jimmy Olsen goes into the bottled city of Candor, yeah, it's got parks and you know they have to take spaceships around inside. Thank you. Yes. Now, I can understand. Um, there's probably a bit of land surrounding the city proper where we don't see that in this illustration. Well, no, as I said, this is early days. Mm. Um, I think it was later established that, yes, there is extensive, because they have to grow food, right? Right. Extensive land that was also picked up by Brainiac and shrunken down. Mm. <clears throat> what I have a problem with is, yes, they're flying rocket ships everywhere. Like, 
not just, I mean, I understand it's probably their equivalent of the car, right? Mm -hmm. But as we'll see in the Jimmy Olsen story, they have actual flights that require navigators and stewardesses. Where are they going? From one side of the bottle to the other? How long does that take? It couldn't take, I mean, I can drive, you know, outer belt to outer belt in a metropolitan city in 25 minutes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that really bothered me, the whole spaceship thing. Also, they have... Well, let's talk about that when we get to it. Uh, well, still, look. There's like there's little rockets. Yeah. On that bottom left yeah, panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they going? Are, I, they, are they going from building to building? Where are they flying? I, I don't and know. And how are they powering it? Is it fossil fuels? Do they run out? Is it solar generation? Is it... Kryptonite? What, what is it that's, that's, that's powering these well, vehicles? Well, it wouldn't be kryptonite. Oh, I think be maybe dead. one person listening actually cares that I threw that word out there as a power source. But anyway. Uh, I, I beg to differ. But... <laughs> you go on. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. The yes. idea of them taking, even needing to fly is it, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. Um, we also see that Superman has uh, created a three-dimensional tableau of the d- destruction of his homeworld and race. It must have been a really dark time for him. Right. To have created that. Like you when you were a teenager and you used to make statues out of broken glass. That's how I got this permanent scar on my hand. Yes, I yeah. I know. I And I wouldn't tell my, my mom and stepdad that I'd cut myself and I couldn't move my pinky <gasps> because I had almost severed the tendon. Or whatever that controlled the movement of my pinky. I couldn't move my pinky. But it grew oh, back. But I mean, it healed itself. Well, I think we're all thankful for that. Because you made well, good mean, use of that pinky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we then we see him. There's a child who wants to see the... the, um, the da- he's pointing to the, the signs. Danger. Keep out, right? Yeah. Why are these doors locked? Well, some of the rooms contain super secrets, which no other person must ever learn. They are forbidden to all visitors. Then why bring it? Superman, put up a tapestry in front of the door or something. Hello? How often does he let people come into the Fortress of Solitude? Actually, pretty frequently. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you make a three-dimensional tableau of a a day in the life of Krypton and put that up in front of the door instead of its obliteration? This is Uh, just outside my bedroom. I see it every day when I go to work. <laughs> this is where it all happens, children. But you can't see it. Uh, there's an alarm at the front door. Ring. Because someone has tried to sneak in a hollow book with a tiny transmitter uh-huh. emitting a supersonic signal. Uh, did we mention that the robot supermen are sentries at the door? Yes. Oh, we did not mention it. Okay. But we, yes. Um, Superman has an army of robots, as you probably know, mm. everybody, uh, who do stuff for him why they don't just do everything for him i never figured out Mm. um later rob Mm -hmm. in the 70s Mm -hmm. we learned that the superman robots had to be deactivated due to pollution in the earth's atmosphere what were they emitting pollution no they were being affected by earth's pollution mankind destroyed superman's army of robots oh that's terrible Mm -hmm. uh now, Superman continues with the tour, but now we see the mm-hmm. lunch guy and the and oil Big man. Bob, the oilman. Uh, they are hanging back. Mm-hmm. So the lunch guy has his thermos of coffee, and the oil man has his ink pen. Mm-hmm. It turns out 
those two items contain chemicals which, when combined, will turn into an atomic gas that's going to explode in exactly one hour. Mm-hmm. Now, I would think that the robots could detect once they mix these two chemicals, and which turns it into an atomic gas. Well, no, there's. Well, it's. It appears that the entire cylinder is lead lined. Okay. Still, they have to take the lid off to combine the gases, right? Well, someone's watching them. The men from Candor are watching him. Watching yes, the crooks. The men from Candor mm-hmm. have a lexophone. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, he's made so much money off that. Right. So they are trying to warn Superman. They see what's about to happen. They send out a radio signal, but it can't get through because it's just a jumble of static because of the rainbow jewel is mm. blocking the radio signal. Did he say that that was a recent acquisition? Yes. Okay. Um, now, meanwhile, Superman, unaware of the menace that threatens a fortress on Kandor, he continues the tour. They come upon a statue labeled Orko the Terrible. <laughs> Naturally, since it's on display, an, a bystander asks Superman about what it. What an evil face! What's the story behind that trophy, Superman? Sorry, but I prefer to keep it confidential. Mm. Then don't put it out. Put it away. How many tours has he given to the public? Just this one. Okay, so I think. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's just sort of learning the ropes. He's not quite sure, you know, what people are going to ask. He's Superman. He's the ambassador to the entire universe. So you don't think that he's being you think he's being very rude now? I think he's probably been to a museum in his life, and mm. you don't walk in through the museum and say, hey, what's this? I think I'll read the card next to it. Well, mm. there's no card, and there's no docent to tell you about anything. Mm. Docent. Do you ever want to be a docent? I would love to be a docent. I would not want to be a docent. Why? My entire career is helping people and answering questions and finding solutions. I don't think I'd want to do it as a, as a volunteer. Well, you're awfully good at it. I mean, not, not to large groups. One-on-one, for sure. The attraction is that you probably then get to stay in the museum after hours and probably go in secret rooms. Oh, that'd be great if it, if it was like Disney or something, or like a museum of science fiction. Yes. Or something like that, something really interesting. Sure, or like the Vatican Archives. <gasps> a haunted museum. Yes. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Yeah. Speaking of haunted, Superman's... Maybe being a looking better after all. <laughs> Superman's haunted by the memory of Orko the Terrible, as we see in a flashback. I love that segue! Uh, Superman recalls the time his fortress had existed in outer space, disguised mm-hmm. as a meteor. Uh, a strange space cloud approaches. Uh, cloud. A it has a face and clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it penetrates his ship... Well, the ship is the, the Fortress of Solitude. Defying science, Bob. Um, it is not your nerves, Superman. I am Orko the Terrible, a cloud intelligence, who nonetheless disguises myself as a human being with clothes. Um, Orko has the power to bring the wax figures of Superman's family and friends. To life. To life. So mm-hmm. here we see Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Perry White, uh... Ma Kent and Jor-El. Yeah. It's his birth father. I always I wondered... love how they're kind of dripping. Their arms and the faces are dripping wax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean, this was a different time when you probably had the same job for your entire career. But would you have a wax figure to memorialize your boss? No. 
I mean, it's I think it's pushing it with Jimmy. Yeah. Lois, I understand, but yeah. Yeah, why are the wax figures? Huh. Uh anyway, Ma Kent is gonna beat someone's ass and don't think she couldn't do it. She looks powerful. She's those big ham arms. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> she probably has a red paddle. On top yeah, of oh yes. Fridge. We we didn't have a paddle. We got we got uh, beat with belt. We got beaten or spanked with belts. It's actually okay. quite severe. Uh, we had to either cut a switch off a tree for mm-hmm. ourselves, mm-hmm. or you know the paddle ball game. Mm-hmm. Well, in my day, those paddles were made of three quarter inch plywood, and <laughs> mother. <laughs> no, they were not. Yes, they were too. Three quarter inch plywood. A quarter, a half, maybe not three quarter inches. I swear to God. Maybe a half. Okay. It was thick. Mm-hmm. So my mother had one, mm-hmm. the red paddle, because mm-hmm. it was red. She kept it on top of the refrigerator. And I all she had to do, she just her... had to glance that way, and we'd scatter. I remember her threatening Robbie and Katie with the red paddle. Well, by that time, it was just made a little thin piece of plastic. Who cares about that? Mm. Do, do, give me your three-quarter inch plywood. <laughs> Tell me about your <laughs> Break a limb. Uh, so Urko, Urko uh, the horrible, says uh, he orders the wax dummies to destroy Earth, but wait an hour first. Isn't that weird? I want you to destroy Earth, but you must wait an hour first. Okay. Uh, Superman realizes that it will be a full hour before Urko's control over them will be strong enough so that the dummies can function a long distance away from the space cloud. Mm. So his simple solution is to, in airless space, blow a sun into the a cloud. A sun. Not a star into the, into the cloud. A, a star. Yeah. With breath, which you can't use in, in the space. vacuum of space. Uh, anyway, Urko's destroyed. Also, Urko's destroyed, so Superman has murdered Urko. Yes, a sentient cloud. Yes. Okay, an evil sentient cloud. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. But the whole shtick is people. the reason people hate Henry Cavill movie is because Superman doesn't murder. Whatever. Really? General Zod deserved it. Yeah. Oh, like he murdered General Zod? Remember, remember he snapped his neck at the end because he was going to kill that family with heat vision? You know, I don't remember that. Perhaps we should watch it. I liked that movie. I did too. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish they'd put crypto in it. <laughs> Superman, super dog. Uh, meanwhile, the Kandorians are continuing to try to contact Superman. Meanwhile, the criminals who have set this whole plan in motion inside the uh, fortress are getting ready to blend themselves back into the cl- Crowd. They sure do trust their science. Meanwhile, I mean, they put an atomic bomb, yeah, gas bomb right, inside right, right. the thermos, and they're going to con- join the crowd and continue on the tour. Well, they want to see what happens. Uh, meanwhile, another exhibit which Superman won't talk about, which is a little. <laughs> well, we get to see a little bit of it. We get to see the story. It's a little glass ball with a flame creature inside. Yeah. Don't worry, it's just a hologram. Right. It's, it's not, not a real, real flame trapped creature, right. creature forever. Uh, so we have another flashback where Superman has attempted to locate his fortress of solitude in the center of the earth. Good idea. Mm-hmm. No one's going to find it there. No. Except for the civilization of flame people that live down there. Right. And they believe that he's an enemy. Well, yeah. He's just brought a giant meteor into their home. Of course. 
the flame people attack Superman, thinking that he's is an invader. During the attack, a wall of rock is broken, which lets water gush through. No doubt it's because of the fact that he came there and brought his meteor, that the wall of rock has has broken and water has gushed No, through. it says it's firebombs. The firebombs opened a fissure. Oh, I And an underground that. stream oh. is gushing through. Water is the fire people's greatest enemy. We'll all die. It's hopeless. Luckily, a Superman digs a trench right quick to divert the water away from the flame people's civilization. And they're all saved. And they realize he's a friend. But he realizes he can't keep his fortress here. Mm-hmm. They'd always be in danger. And he's looking for peace, not set down in the middle of flaming people. Well, he wants to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neighbors now. Nobody wants neighbors like that, especially neighbors who are going to set your house on fire. Right. Um, So these criminals take off because they realize the place is about to blow. Mm -hmm. The tour is over. Superman gets ready to fly the fortress back to the Arctic. Right. The Kandorians try and try and try, and they cannot contact Superman. Right. Now, we should mention that the tour has raised millions for charity, so that's fine. I approve of How much did these people, how much did the four people and the child have to pay to go on this tour? Well. If it's raised millions. So minimum of what? Four people? Probably millions. 500,000 apiece? Probably, yeah. That's worth it to They're see Superman's rich. Fortress of Solitude. I guess, if you had that kind of money to blow. Well, if you got that lexophone cash flowing around town, mm-hmm. anybody can get in on the action. Mm-hmm. Trickle-down economics, I'm sure. Lex uh-huh. Luthor makes a lot of money selling his lexophones all over the universe. Yes. And then he employs people and filters that money into the economy, which makes it all strong. The most well, strong. and in those days, the top marginal tax rate was like 95%. So mm-hmm. It wasn't that high, was it? It was some 90-something, yeah. I thought it was like 60%. Oh, no. If you were a billionaire, you paid like 90% tax. Uh-huh. Those were the days. Those were the days. Uh, meanwhile, the fortress is uh, flying back to the Arctic. The criminals have gathered in their hideout to monitor their seismograph for evidence of the atomic explosion, which they are certain is, going is coming. Yeah, they're just saying, shut up and watch the needle, right? Right. Look Doom. at that needle jump. Wow. Doom is hanging over Candor City. Right. Yeah. They still haven't been able to contact Superman. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yes, the seismograph goes off, registers an atomic explosion. Uh, just then, Superman <laughs> busts through the ceiling with his famous catchphrase, Greetings, Clods. <laughs> Does he say that a lot? No, it's actually the first time I've ever seen him say that. Okay. But wouldn't that be funny if that was like his catchphrase? <laughs> yes. Not up, up, and away. Greetings, Claude. Uh, you caught us, Superman, but we don't care as long as your fortress is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh is on you. You didn't wreck the fortress after all. Uh, but the seismograph, Superman, registered an atomic explosion. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was an atomic explosion, all right. But, but it occurred uh, after I hurled a thermos right. bottle into where an explosion couldn't harm the fortress. Well, where'd you throw it? Because there was an atomic explosion somewhere, oh, presumably, in the sky. within the you atmosphere. the sky, so, oh, so, that's so, fine. so that's, that atomic gas yeah. will just sort of dissipate and, um, 
and uh, you know land somewhere in the on the planet. Right. Yeah. So how's this for irony? It turns out that the criminal, while he was still on the tour, mm-hmm. took the cup off of his thermos mm-hmm. and set it down on top of the rainbow jewel. What an unfortunate series of events. blocked the radiation so the Kandorians got through at the last oh minute. Oh my god, are you, that's just insanity, Bob. I mean, you can't write this stuff. No. Someone did. Uh, someone did. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have had a different outcome. What would you have done? Um, well, first of all, I wouldn't have had... Uh, exhibits in a museum that nobody wanted to talk about <laughs> wouldn't you have just cleared them away yeah yeah i would have had just a whole story of three-dimensional tableau yes okay that's it that's my story a whole story of three-dimensional tableau yes we'd have just splash page after splash page of here's a day in the life of krypton and here's the home world of the rainbow jewel and here's uh, little Billy at home with his mother before they come on the tour. Does Superman still have crypto? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, no. You know what? I think so. Is he old, crypto? There was a story where crypto came back from space and he was super old and was senile. And then uh, he went to like the Fountain of Youth or something and got fine. But that was, now I think it's been established that Kryptonians have extraordinarily long lives. Mm-hmm. So presumably crypto is almost invincible. Mm. Not invincible, immortal. Yes, almost immortal. Um, yes, I think crypto is still around and hanging out with Superboy now. Who currently is uh, Superman's son, actually. Okay. And also was uh, grown up to almost adult size. So it's best not to just ask these kind of questions, Rob. All right. <laughs> well, you know, as a as a great dog lover, yes, I, I I'm always happy to see uh, when dogs appear in comics and such. So I just think about these things. So on to the next story, shall we? Yes, yeah, Superman's, Superman's pal, pal, Jimmy Olsen. Uh, unfortunately, Jimmy, we read on the splash page, you're doomed to remain tiny for the rest of your life. Would you rather live in the miniature city of Kandor or remain on Earth like this? A mere fraction of your former normal size. And That's hard convention. to say. Former normal size. Yeah. Then this convention that you love. <laughs> Choke. Yes. <laughs> what should I decide? Moan. Moan. <laughs> Being Mighty Superman's pal has often brought Daily Planet news hawk Jimmy Olsen a lot of fun and excitement. In fact, the red-haired young reporter is the envy of many other youths who would love to be in his shoes. However, being the buddy of the Man of Steel can bring dire, unhappy complications too, mm-hmm. as Jimmy discovers one day when a startling twist of fate causes him to become the, the boy, boy in the bottle. Remember that movie? The Boy in the Bubble? Yes. With John Travolta? Yes. John Revolting? Yes. Yes. It's awful. By awful, you mean the best. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, How did we watch it? Did we watch it on Mystery Science Theater 3000 or or 2000? What is it? Mystery Science Theater 3000? Oh, it's the the same people. Is uh, that how we saw it? Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I mean, I saw it when it originally broadcast on TV. Yes, but I'm thinking recently. We saw it in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, shall we continue? Yes. One day, as Superman flies cub reporter Jimmy Olsen to his secret Arctic fortress... Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy, for agreeing to help me on a vital project. Uh, 
As you know, Superman's weatherproof and vulnerable cape mm -hmm. protects Jimmy from the sub-zero temperatures as they fly towards the fortress. So he's just wrapped him up basically like a corpse. Like or a body, like a, a body bag. Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, now, Superman's explaining that, of course, Jimmy, you know that the villain Brainiac used a reducing ray to shrink the Kryptonian city of Kandor into this bottle before Krypton blew up. I haven't yet succeeded in enlarging the tiny city back to its normal size. That is a lot of work to actually accomplish that. However, he does have something that allows... What is this called? This Kandorian double, uh, the the exchange ray. Yeah, does reduce Jimmy Olsen to size, transport him through the surface of the bottle, and exchange him for somebody in Kandor that will also come through the bottle and be enlarged. So, right. I mean, the math is there. So what you're saying is, why can't he just individually enlarge the people of Kandor? Why does there have to be an even exchange? Oh, maybe he didn't physics. build this. Maybe he didn't build this uh, exchange ray. Maybe he found it. Right. I mean, he knows some of the science behind it because he eventually, because he has to acquire something that fails in this. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, you can you you can take somebody uh, full size and put them inside a bottle and pull somebody out and make them full size, but you can't figure out how to enlarge the city and the inhabitants within. Sounds like it's similar science. Well, also. What do we suppose the population of Kandor is? Three. <laughs> I mean, look how big the bottle is. It's um, actually, it's probably uh, 25,000 people. Okay, for the sake of argument, I'm going to say maximum 100,000. I bet money you could find 100,000 people on Earth who would volunteer to go live in the futuristic city of Kandor at tiny size for the rest of their lives in exchange for the Kandorians being able to be free. Well, they wouldn't be Americans, that's for damn sure. I don't know about that. We can barely get Americans to, to wear masks right now. You think they're going to live in a bottle? Do you know how many Americans wake up every morning and say, where the flip is my flying car that I was promised for my entire life? You don't represent every American, Bob. No, I'm not saying I represent every American, but I'm they saying... They all think like you. I'm saying I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm saying I bet there's 100,000 people in the America and abroad... And the listener of our podcast. Yes, mm -hmm. who would uh, like to live in a futuristic city. Think of the science you could do. You had access to all those super futuristic machines and whatnot. I'd like to live in a mid-century modern house. Have you seen the architecture in Kandor? That's exactly yes, what they have. It's fantastic. Well, see, there's two. We only okay, need we could... 98. I don't know that I want to live in a No, bottle. my math is off. Uh, 99,998 more people. Right. Listener, if you're interested <laughs> in joining us inside the, the bottled city of Kandor, please send a self-addressed envelope to our address, which we'll provide through... Uh, Facebook. We're not actually going to provide our address. Moving on. Um, <laughs> thanks again for screen to switch places with Vansy, who looks identical to Superman hmm. and uh, is Superman's first cousin once removed. Okay. That's not mentioned. I just happen to know it. And he's married to someone who looks just like Lois Lane. Well, Sylvia. she has a weaker chin. Uh,. She looks a little bit more like Jane Wyman than Lois uh -huh. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Sylvia is an Earth girl 
she fell in love with Van Z one time while he happened to be outside the bottle city of Candor, and they went and lived on Venus for a while and had these twins, Lily and Lyle, and, but now they're back in Candor. Wow. Living. Van Z would later go on to assume the costumed identity of Nightwing, which originally had been a disguise that Superman used while he was visiting Candor. And of course, as you know, when he's in Candor, he has no superpowers. So he and Jimmy became Nightwing and Flamebird, modeled after Batman and Robin, so that My they could fight crime goodness. in Candor. And then later, Van Z took over the identity of Nightwing, and uh, an ex-con uh, friend of his took over the identity of Flamebird. They had to fight crime inside Candor? Well, sure, it's a city. They have crime, just like every other place. Wow. Sounds horrible. Anyway, Vansy's on Earth, and Jimmy's in Candor, and everything's hunky-dory. Well, it's actually, it's not, because Jimmy can't deal with the increased gravity. Right. So, uh, Sylvia gives him some anti-gravity boots, and a memory pillow, which will teach you Kryptonese language and Kryptonian customs while you sleep. You know, I've only known one Sylvia personally, and I didn't like her. She was not a nice person. I'm so sorry. Do you know any Sylvias? I'm trying to think. I don't think that I do. Sylvia does not sound like a pleasant, the name of a pleasant person. I mean, I just know the song. Oh, Sylvia. I do know another Sylvia. Yeah, I was going to say. No, I meant You the, like her. Yes. I just meant the Sylvia from my childhood. Okay. Yeah. Um, who wrote that song, Schubert? Sylvia. That's Lydia. Da, 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 da. Oh. <laughs> You're thinking of... Who is Sylvia? What is she? That's it, right. Uh, Which is a Shakespeare sonnet. uh Uh-huh. I have a doctorate in music, everyone, so. Moving on. It's all right. That evening as Jimmy slumbers in Vansy's home, he gets all the lowdown about Kryptonian culture. Passive learning memory pillow. My pillow. See? My pillow. You could have that in Candor if we went and lived in Candor. We could have that. We could learn everything. Memory pillow. And here go these assholes with the mow in their grass again. It's 812 degrees outside. It's our neighbor. I next know. Next door neighbor. He's, which one? Is there somebody across the street too? I don't know. I just hear oh, no, noise. No, no, it's it's awfully distracting. I wish you'd issue a proclamation about that. Well, I just wish his damn dog would stop coming over here and barking at us and try to attack Butler the other day. What? Yes. She's the worst. Well, Butler was not going to have it, and he attacked back. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyway, Candor has a youth pool. Specially treated water restores youth and vigor to the aged. Say, I like that. Same. Wouldn't you uh, like to? Wouldn't you like to go back and be thirty again, but have the intelligence that you have now? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of reinvigorating the youth, we should honor the passing of Wilford Brimley, famous for his role in Cocoon, which was about a pool that restored youth to. Okay, thank you for just indulging me for a second because. You and your sister were exchanging texts about Wilford Burnley last night. Uh-huh. And I was going, why is this coming up? Why is this coming oh, up? Oh, anytime you see a text that has a celebrity name followed by exclamation points, that means they've died. Oh, okay. This is a little oh. secret code language we have between us. Well, he was such a great lover of oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, that was Grandpa Walton that had liked grape nuts. Anyway. Grandpa Walton. <laughs> He was gay, you know. Oh, I know. Not Wilford Brimley. No, yeah. that we know of. Well, Wilford Brimley would kick your ass if you call him gay. Uh, anyway, bad news, Jimmy. Vanzi and I failed to discover a way to enlarge Candor, and also we the exchange ray no longer works. So, 
You're trapped in Candor with Vanzi's wife. And uh, Vanzi's trapped here on Earth at full size with all the powers of Superman. I love this. I love these two panels so much. I love that Superman says to him, a rare element vital to its successful operation is worn out. I've searched outer space to find more of it. This is like happened in one day, right? (laughs) But in vain. You're doomed to remain in Candor for the rest of your life. And Vanzi is stranded here on Earth. No, no. That's not a very that's not a very Superman like thing to say. No, but right? remember, I mean, it's, it's not it's not very Superman is usually a, a, an endless well of positivity and affirmation. This is like, oh, well, this broke in the last. I know I put you in here twenty four hours ago, but this broke. I can't find the element. You're doomed to stay here for the rest of your life. Um, I think you weren't here for the issue of Superboy when um, Superboy found B Boy in the African jungle who was a boy that had been transformed the lower half of his body into a bee. I think I remember that. And Superboy said, I'll be back soon to cure you of your condition of being a bee. And then nothing. Never heard of him. Never heard of him again. Nope. So (laughs) there is... Superman has a history of this. There is contextual precedence. I mean, he's willing to to fight crime and put crooks in prison, but if it's really complicated, like his best pal Jimmy Olsen's trapped in a bottle for the rest of his life. Yep. Just like, sorry, Jimmy, you're doomed. Yep. Yep. Moving on. Uh, oh, but he's got time to pick up Jimmy and giant tweezers. I love that. <laughs> I love that panel. How so does much. he? He how does he get his hand through the top of that bottle? First of all, and second of all, the scale's not right. How many people live in Candor? Well, we said somewhere between twenty five thousand and hundred thousand. Okay, the scale right. is not right. If it's really twenty five thousand to one hundred thousand people then the miniature city of Candor should be in a bottle the size of Roadside America. Yes, Roadside America in Charlottesville, Pennsylvania, everyone, the most uh, wonderful indoor railroad town in existence. Jake, it's Charlottesville. Um, and every half hour they have the night pageant where they dim all the lights and the town, it's the miniature the town lights up and they play Kate Smith singing God Bless America. And then they project a picture of the Statue of Liberty superimposed with Jesus. It is the best. Listener, if you have never, ever been to Roadside America in Chartlesville, Pennsylvania, yes, Chartlesville, you must, must, must make time for this. It is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It is a miniature. Well, we've been there twice, so. Well, that's because we live here, close to it. But it is a miniaturized world uh with trains and people and houses and it's lit and it's water features waterfalls, everything like it's fantastic it smells like mildew so because it's like be mindful uh, of that if you're 50, allergic 60 years old yeah yeah eight dollars to get in it's totally worth it it is so worth it um anyway they pulled jimmy out of the bottle now we saw earlier that candor has like an oxygen tank hooked up to it I see that. I'm hoping it's an exchange system because if they are truly carbon-based life forms, they probably breathe in oxygen and out carbon dioxide. And if you don't get rid of the carbon dioxide, you could uh, have plenty of oxygen but also die. Right. I'm just wondering, you know, Superman has to take that hose off to get Jimmy in and out of the bottle. Does that, like, depressurize the whole city? I would... I don't know. I... It's a good, just a good thing to think on. 
Right. Yeah. Um, now, you were asking earlier, why yeah. can't the Kandorians just live outside the bottle, even if they are tiny size? Yes. And I explained that that means they would have superpowers mm -hmm. outside the city. Okay. Which sometimes... There is a Superman emergency squad who are Kandorian men that all look like Superman. Mm -hmm. Who are tiny? Well, they can increase their height to several inches. So they're like the atom sized. And they're powerful. Well, yeah, they've, once they're outside the bottle, they have superpowers and they can uh, help out. Yeah. Like the robots. Okay. Um, now, my argument was that you would have these upwards of 100,000 people who would be no bigger than a gnat who would all have superpowers. And what if they just decided to go around to, like, fly at the hearts of world leaders at super speed and destabilize governments? Uh -huh. Yes. Much like a pandemic or a orange-haired American leader? Uh -huh. Something like, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I don't have an answer for you. Mm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You'll be glad to know that Kandor was eventually restored to its full size on another really? planet. Yes. Oh, but what? Womp womp. They ex they grew it and then it exploded. Well, all the buildings disintegrated because they were destabilized. So the Kandorians oh. just had to rebuild their own civilization. Well, they can do that. They should be grateful for that. At least to have life and li live in full size worlds, not some bottle. Yeah, Superman come and go. Ungrateful. Kandorians. Uh, so back in the bottle, Jimmy goes. After nearly um, averting his death. Right. He was, um, Superman was talking to him, holding the tweezers, and a Venusian cat um, uh, with its forked tongue right. pulled him right out. And then Superman did a super snap. Even though there's a, <laughs> a big sign on the cat cage that says, keep far away. Yeah. Uh, Except for himself. Well, I don't know because he's he hasn't put the cage far away from anyone. It's right there. And if you look at the cage, the Venusian cat can barely move inside. Yeah, there's enough space for it to stand and sit. Right. That's cruel. Well, they didn't understand animal welfare in the, these primitive times. Mm. Uh, so Jimmy realizes he's going to have to get a job if he's going to make an honest way of it in Candor. So. Like Ivanka Trump says, try something new. So his first new job is as Earth Monitor Operator. It's a lexophone. Mm -hmm. They've gone candor. He's going to record any great new discoveries made by Earth's scientists. Can you handle it? It'll be a breeze. Uh, well, he gets bored listening to the dull scientific the activities on lectures. <laughs> so he's going to see what's up with his girlfriend, he, Lucy His job Lane. was to look for scientific discoveries, yep. and yet he uses the lexophone to look on his girlfriend. Right. Uh, he finds that she's out with another fella mm -hmm. who's glad that Jimmy's gone because uh, he means he can make some time with Lucy. Uh, he sees Lucy making out with this other guy. Mm -hmm. He sees Lucy in her job as a stewardess being hit on by the pilot of the plane. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, realizes he can't keep this job. So he gets another new job as a gardener in a strange Candorian garden. I'm sure that's fine for someone who's never been to Candor uh, or Krypton. Uh -huh. You can just go in and, you know... Care for 
Kiffer alien plants. plants yeah um he sees before him the image of Lucy Lane his girlfriend younger sister of Lois of course okay you knew that mm-hmm She's standing there with open arms. It's great to see you, Lucy. He charges towards her, and he's stopped by the garden guards who uh, tell him that that's not Lucy Lane. That's a plant that's causing an illusion. Mm -hmm. It's, in fact, a ferocious man-eating plant called the illusion trap plant. It lures its prey into its clutches by creating a mental illusion in the mind of its victim that is someone the victim loves. It must secrete chemicals into the air like pollen. I mean, it doesn't know what you want. It's probably just the chemicals react in some way with your brain chemistry. Right. Next, Jimmy gets a job as a rocket ship navigator. Yes. As he talks to passengers while on his first flight. Why do they need a rocket ship? Right. Where are they going? They're going to the outskirts of town. It's a bottle. They could walk there. Right. Well, apparently, these are slow rockets because... uh, the stewardess, um, what's her name? Lona Lameas. <laughs> Who's like Lois Lane. No, Lucy, L- Lane. Lucy, Lucy Lane. She looks just like Lucy Lane. There yeah. sure are a lot of people in Candor that look just like people on Earth. It's like they're duplicates. Um, so Lona Lameas looks just like Lucy Lane. I must meet her. But unfortunately, disaster strikes and the rocket crashes on the outskirts of town. Crashes into what, Bob? Oh, into a jungle? Yeah. Into a jungle on the outskirts of town in the bottle inside the Fortress of Solitude. Okay, I don't have a problem imagining that the bottle is large enough to house a miniature city and its surrounding countryside, which may be a jungle. We don't know where on Krypton Candor. The scale is all Yes, yes, yes. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief there. What I am not willing to suspend my disbelief in is, well, I just thought this through. Now, yes, I understand they're trying to preserve their uh, planet's variety of life. But if you have giant fire-breathing bats living Inside a bottle where your town is, the last vestiges of your world's civilization. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be like if they picked up our city here and put it in a bottle, Mm -hmm. and we had surrounded by lovely countryside, Mm -hmm. and also giant scorpions prowling around. That also shot fire. Right. Out of their eye sockets. Yeah. And were poisonous, and um, and they had to prey upon us to yes. survive. Yes, and we're like, oh, we we got, we got to keep them. Yes, I mean, I understand. I honor the spirit of the giant man eating, fire breathing bat. But this is literally the very last of their civilization. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I suppose s- that wouldn't make for good reading, would it? N- no, but I mean, if. You know, in 1962, when is the story written? 60, 62? They could get away with just stuffing it, killing it and stuffing it and putting it in a museum (laughs) where nobody would talk about it. Yes. What's this giant fire-breathing creature? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Um, So Jimmy gets the bright idea. Yes. Uh, Luckily, some 
lonely old person on the flight was trying to explain to Jimmy the 3D image enlarger he invented. Jimmy probably heard the guy talking about his 3D image uh, enlarger on the on the spaceship and just like, oh. Hey, God. how can I use that to make time with Lona Lemayas? <laughs> uh, Jimmy creates a giant 3D image of himself. And he goes, <laughs> and scares it away. Yeah. So here we go. He's going to ask Lona Lemayas for a date. I think you're swell, Lona. Please be my girlfriend. He hasn't even asked her for a date yet. He He's asking her to be his girlfriend. Right. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, is that the first? Hi, nice to meet you. Will you be my girlfriend? Okay. Well, he did sleep on that Kryptonian pillow, the knowledge pillow. Oh. And if this is the last of your civilization, I imagine they don't waste time. I guess not. Yes. Tinder or whatever the kids are doing these days. And she says... Sorry, Jimmy, I'm already happily married. Here in Candor, rocket stewardesses can still keep their jobs after marriage. Rocket stewardesses. Rocket stewardesses. In the bottle. Also, a friendly reminder that stewardesses were not allowed to keep their jobs after marriage. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Really? Yes. Is that why they got so much play? Yeah. Mm. Um, Jimmy can't bear to be near her, you know... Of course, because she looks just like Lucy. So uh, he decides to go to the movies. Uh, nothing creepy about the movies coming up, folks. <laughs> nothing at all. So Candor has a motion picture theater where not only do you... It's it's like a Disney World movie. You get the film, but also you get smells and temperatures and... Tastes. Tingles up your back. And feel. And feel. So it's a film about Superman, uh-huh. specifically about Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. And we have a scene <laughs> where Jimmy Olsen is kissing his girlfriend, Lucy Lane. And he can feel himself kissing her. I can feel her. the thrilling touch of her lips on mine. Not only can he feel it, everybody in the audience has their lips puckered up right? <laughs> to and, kiss Lucy. And I was wondering, like, okay, the men in the audience, do they feel... Her lips on his? Do they feel his lips on his? I mean, do you get to decide what you feel? I mean, mm. I guess so. Mm. That would be... Uh, kind of, it feels very much like an invasion of privacy, doesn't it? A little bit, but Everyone. you'd make money hand over fist if you could invent a movie like that. Mm. Imagine your lips pressed up against Angelina Jolie or... Oh. Um, who's the Her other lips one? look like two shoes. <laughs> Two used up old ballet slippers. Okay. You know, toe mm-hmm. shoes. Right. Okay. Ugh. That's not an image I would have come up with on my own, but uh anyway, Jimmy can't take all these memories of Lucy. Turns Choke. out <laughs> Sob. <laughs> the Candorians have a way of wiping out your memory. Oh, I a saw means a movie of about that. Blotting out undesired memories. You know I never saw that. The un- Eternal, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Spotless Mind. Yeah. I loved that movie. Never saw it. Oh, You know I have that thing. Heart-wrenching. I cried. I have that. What's that condition where I... Alopecia? No. Uh, the thing where I never want to see... Miasma? No, I never want to see or read anything that people can't shut the fuck up about. <laughs> Which is why it took me so long to see Frozen. Yeah. And uh, I've never seen The Godfather. 
you know, I, I we've, we've talked about this before. I, my father used to quote The Godfather all the time. And I want to see The Godfather because my father, who passed away in 2013, God rest his soul, um, loved the movie so much. I wanted to see it. I've never seen it at all. I've never seen any of those movies. I've never, I, I wouldn't even, you can't make me watch a Rocky movie. Forget it. Oh, but, hell no. No. Um, but, well, I, I, Godfather 1 can't be that horrible. I don't know. I'll never know because I'm never going to watch it. I think I'm going to watch it next weekend. Do you? I think I'm going to make an Italian dinner and watch it, and you can sit in the other room if you don't want to watch it. Fine. I will. <laughs> Happy anniversary, by the way. Happy anniversary. Um, it's not our real... I mean, it is our real anniversary, but we don't celebrate it. It's our it legal anniversary. We were married in a court of law. Ten years ago. Ten years ago this weekend. But we've been together for 27 years. Yeah, so we just actually immediately forgot the date of our... Uh, actual wedding and just went back to celebrating so what we funny, celebrated it was before. It so miserably hot that day. It was, uh, it was like, like today. It was degrees just that day. like. It was the worst. But uh, thanks to Time Hop, I was reminded that it actually Yeah, was I got our... a text from you. Yeah. Say, oh, by the way, happy anniversary. <laughs> it's our 10th anniversary. Like, oh, my God. Uh, anyway. But we do. We do celebrate our unofficial. Well, I mean, our, our anniversary, which is official for us. But Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the exchange rate works now. Now yeah. that Jimmy's, Daddy, Daddy, Jimmy's had his memory wiped. Poor but Jimmy. Now he's back on Earth. Um, later in Metropolis, as Jimmy drives past Lucy, hi Jimmy, Jimmy, hi, hi Jimmy, <laughs> waving from the street in her stewardess outfit. Is she allowed to just wear that to walk down the street? She probably. Well, she probably just got off a flight. And. Where'd the flight land? In Midtown? Who knows? She's walking down she the might, she, Look, she might have just got in from uh, a shift, uh-huh. and she stopped at the grocery store, or is on the way to deposit a check, or do whatever things that we people do with their lives after, you know, just normal things. <laughs> she's and, a woman. She's probably going to go shop for makeup. Maybe she's purchasing lipstick. And then Jimmy happens to drive by, and, and he is ignoring her, because of course he's had his memory wiped. Yes, he doesn't remember her. Mm-hmm. Um... So Which she, she finds so irresistible. She is insane for him. I love that drawing of her, that center right picture. On the phone? Uh-huh. Gasp. He must be joking. Um, yeah, so him ignoring her and pretending like he doesn't know her, that makes him irresistible to her. Shortly, Superman arrives through the window. Also not creepy. May I pause for a second? Mm-hmm. Jimmy doesn't know Superman's secret identity. Or no. Clark Kent's... No. No. No, no. no. Or does he? You know my theory that the, they all know. The whole planet staff knows. And they just pretend... Well, yeah, we'll get a little bit of that in the next uh, issue. Um, a Kandorian mind technician has informed me that the blank, he blanked out a portion of your memory at your request. Mm-hmm. He instructed me how to prepare this potion in the event you want to completely restore your memory now that you're back on Earth. Let me have it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me have it. Memory restored. Jimmy rushes to Lucy's apartment, explains everything, and apologizes. And she wants to kiss and make up. is the worst. She, she really, truly is yeah. the worst. I mean, you know, I uh, have a problem with a lot of misogynistic ideas in these comics, but mm-hmm. this girl deserves it. Plus, she made him explain everything at the door. She's got her hand on the door. Right. He explained everything about being away. Going to Candor, uh-huh. having his memory wiped and restored, while standing at her door. I'm surprised she didn't have. They didn't draw in a chain lock on the <laughs> open right? door. 
Uh, frankly, Jimmy, I was fascinated by your indifference, but now that you're your old self again, you bore me. Good, Good night. night. Oh. Good night. And that's I'll, the end of the look, story. Wait, but she's dressed to go out. She's she going is. out with that other guy. She's got I a corsage was, on and I everything. I didn't even think of that when I read oh. this. She is truly dressed to go out. Well, you know, I'm keenly interested in fashion. So that's why I noticed it right away. I wish women still wore dresses like that. I wish. And I wish we wore hats. Um, I wish I could get away with a dress like that. Little cinch waist flare skirt number. Well, okay. I mean, you know, if I had ever developed a drag persona, it would I'd probably be some oh, take yeah. off on like Connie Francis oh, or something. Absolutely, yes. You would be the the quintessential nineteen sixties housewife. All right. And I would love to see you do that. But someday. Hope springs eternal. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one day as Superman takes Lois Lane to visit his secret fortress of solitude for a brief hour. <laughs> The visit is extended to 72 hours by a strange twist of fate mm. or by something Lois did on purpose. Uh, what is she it gets like? She into a lot of mess, Jeff. All in, because tr- trying to trick him into marriage. Oh, what is it like to stay alone a few nights in this eerie super hideaway? Well, even the daring and impetuous girl reporter meets frightening mysteries during her three nights in the Fortress of Solitude. You could just say reporter. She's a reporter. She's won a Pulitzer Prize. Yes, she is. Um, one morning, as Superman visits Lois, uh, I'm not fooled. He's spent the night. He's putting his cape on. I noticed that. He's actually taking his cape off again to wrap her up in a body bag and carry her corpse to uh, bury her in the Fortress of Solitude. Also, here it's explained that in addition to keeping her warm, it's to cover her face so she can't see the location. <laughs> He didn't mention that when he's carrying Jimmy up well, there. He can trust Jimmy. Can he though? He can trust Jimmy. He can probably trust Lois too. Oh, I'm not saying he can't. It's just that she's she should just you know the thing about Lois, she's a prize-winning reporter. She should just stand there and look at him and say, "Listen, you need to marry me. We would make a good team. I'm smart. You're smart. You're a man of steel. I'm a woman who knows myself." Let's make this work, and I won't take no for an answer. Um, Don't you think she should do that? Well, they are married now. Maybe she did that. And But I also think that she, as a reporter, revealed his identity to the world, even though they were married. <laughs> so maybe he's got a point. Yeah, okay. Um, soon, on a flight to the Arctic, Superman is my dream man. Sigh. Sigh. But he'll never marry me. If he did, his criminal enemies could then seek revenge against him by threatening his wife. Me! (laughs) And then she thinks, can you read my mind? Can you read my mind? Do you know what it is I'm thinking of? Um, Within, where Lois can remove her cape, she... Uh, notices the new archway formed by statues of his Kryptonian parents, jor and Lara. That's become sort of an identifying feature of the Fortress of Solitude. And I... Just figures of family members. Well, no, this specifically this arch of jor and oh, Lara upholding oh. the globe of Krypton is sort of now, if you have a drawing of the Fortress of Solitude, that's a that's prominent feature. Oh, yeah. okay, so, okay. um 
apparently this is the first appearance oh, of the famous okay. right. uh, Dead Parents Arch. <laughs> oh, Dead Parents Arch. Um, Someone might call it a commemorative arch. Commemorative, yes. yes. That's nice. Okay. A nice way of Soon, it. as a man of steel enters a giant cage in his interplanetary zoo. Yeah, so he gets in a cage with a uh, trapped animal to fight it. That's his exercise. <laughs> There's another horrible-looking creature on the loose. It's kind of like a cross between an ant and, and the shmoo. And a, and a squid. Yeah. It's got like a furry ant backside and then squid arms and a schmoo face. Here's the, I have a problem with this. Yes. So he uses Lois as a shield. Uh-huh. That's not the problem that I have. He, t- he explains to her that yellow angers this thing and it's his pet. Okay, how is it his pet? Because if yellow angers it, he's, he's always, always wearing, wearing yellow. yellow. Well, you know, sometimes people have those pet chihuahuas that are always horrible and always growl even with their owners like becky yes oh that dog. she's not listening is she she would never listen to okay this. Um, i mean we love her and her husband sure but honestly that dog um, what's her name lola i don't know oh she bites she bit becky in the face the other day cool 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 <laughs> she bit her owner at least she doesn't have squid arms uh also there's a Venus butterfly which sings like a canary. Uh, he picked up this strange plant, a dancing plant on Mars, and that. Is it like one of those plants in Spencer's that, like, when the light shines on it, it just goes. And that big glass coin over there is the money they use on a distant planet. So Lois goes over to touch the coin. All the while, she's taking pictures, mind you. She goes over to touch the coin and she turns to glass. She does. Not really. It's an illusion. There's an illusion thing. An illusion jewel. It's rays only created an unreal vision in your mind. Mm -hmm. He covers it with a cloth. Mm -hmm. How gentlemanly. Mm. So Lois reloads her camera. And in the next panel, did he wet himself? (laughs) No, Rob. He looks like he soiled himself. shading. Mm. It's really um, bad ink job there. It's not great, yeah. Um, so Superman explains that one of his robot guards, mm-hmm. uh, well, he's just explaining that the, the robots are on guard Okay. for the fortress. Yes. Presently, under an astronomical dome, Superman explains that the star rays gathered by one of his super telescopes are deadly to anyone but him. Uh-oh. The Venus, the Venus butterfly, butterfly left its perch and is flying right through the star rays. What what's, happens to it? What's going to happen? Well, you'll see. At first touch of the sunlight, the butterfly will disintegrate into loose atoms. So these star rays, which uh, presumably could be blocked if Superman would put the cap lens cap over the telescope... Mm-hmm. Uh, these rays are pouring freely into the fortress, and if anyone is touched by these rays, then they become dissolved by sunlight. Yeah, that poor butterfly. Yeah, when I first read this, so Superman says the effect lasts for three days. I thought, oh, the butterfly is going to reassemble in three no, days. No, it means if the butterfly right. <laughs> goes in sunlight right. for th- any time after being exposed to the star rays, uh-huh. it will disintegrate. Yeah. 
which makes sense. I also thought, oh, it's you know, the butterfly will be gone for three days and it'll come back, right? Right. And then I thought that it'll it'll like be ionized and then it'll some reform after three days, right? Which then I, <laughs> I mean, I read the rest of the story and, and it never occurred to me that's why she has to stay inside the fortress of solitude for three days so that she doesn't get exposed to sunlight, which is in the very next panel. Right. Well, I mean, I just thought so that she wouldn't be dispersed atoms for three days. I, I, but, I thought that too, but he does explain it clearly. We just, we're just reading it very quickly. Both of us, I guess. Well, also she says the Venetian butterfly just threw, flew through the rays. What will happen? Superman instead, he, instead of just telling her what's going to happen, he mm-hmm. lets the butterfly fly up to the skylight and die. <laughs> what's He's going to happen? Killed, Superman? He says, look, Watch this. Watch this. He's killed <laughs> twice in this story. What? What? What, did he, what was the other thing he killed? He killed the cloud Urko, the cloud villain. Oh, he did. He, by, I know that was a, that a seems like to it. two days ago, doesn't he it? Does. Yeah. Um, Our neighbors cut his entire front yard at the time that we've done that. So Superman kills everyone. He he's a killer. It's uh, settled canon. Um. So Superman invites Lois to look at his space photos. And now he's going to go see if any SOSs are coming in on the Metropolis radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the rest of the world doesn't matter. Just Metropolis mm-hmm. is all that he's worried about. Um, Lois has an idea. She goes over to the telescope, which is projecting horrible star rays, which mm-hmm. will dissolve anything that comes into contact with sunlight. Uh, and looks right into it. God, I thought we'd already gotten there. <laughs> she pretends like it's, oh, silly me. <laughs> I thought it was the other telescope that was dangerous. <laughs> I love that voice. What a stupid mistake I made. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Superman shuts the dome quickly, so she won't be. Right. Sunlight would now disintegrate you. It would serve her right. Um, (laughs) I would serve her right being disintegrated sorry Lois you'll have to stay inside the fortress for three days till the danger's over if I took you back to Metropolis you'd risk being exposed to sunlight well yes it's more than a risk I would say it would very definitely happen likely yes Um, her scheme worked she's now trapped in the fortress for three days where she can prove to Superman that it would be a safe home for her should he marry her. Mm-hmm. He said, you can eat and sleep in this exhibit, Lois. <laughs> the exhibit titled Typical Household Items of Krypton. Superman, why don't you tell me what sorts of things I can eat here? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Bye. I, it's, I don't talk about this exhibit. Um, I'm glad to see that Krypton... In their typical household of Krypton, they had fantastic mid-century um, Ames chairs and mm. uh, television sets, canned goods, it looks like. Mm. Uh, and there's a Lois Lane room. I love that. Wait, where'd you see the canned goods? I'm just oh, over here in the oh, corner. I, oh, I see. Okay. Um, Lois is making plans for all the curtains she's going to hang and what color she's going to paint rooms. Because she's a girl. That's what they do. Right. They decorate, right? I'm going to make a cozy nest for my super husband and me in his fortress. Humpty dum dum. <laughs> she lays down at bedtime mm-hmm. on the floating anti-gravity Gravity bed, bed of, of Krypton. Krypton. 
goodness, what kind of couch is this? Which takes off into the air and starts flying through the fortress. Yeah. Um, Crashing into the Superman robot, who apparently has been programmed when it's crashed into, it takes a knee and its arm starts moving uncontrollably. (laughs) That's its program. A second later, the girl reporter lands on a certain position and the bump made the robot's arm move up and down mechanically. It's almost as if Superman is punishing me for being a bad girl. Ow! So in case you haven't gotten the picture, listener, Lois Lane is being spanked over the knee of a Superman robot. Yes. That was a thing back then, wasn't it? Yes. Like, sometimes uh, wives would get spanked by their husbands. Well, yes, and I don't... Like on I Love Lucy, it several times yes, happened. I don't spanking. think it ever actually happened that he was always threatening to spank her. Yeah. I'm sorry, women. That's awful. Of all times. Yeah. When Superman drops in for breakfast the next morning, why are you standing there while eating, Lois? I, uh, I find it's better for my digestion, oh, Superman. Um, but then she thinks she couldn't sit down all night after what the robot did to her. She's been... <laughs> Injured to the point where she can't sit down by Superman's robot. By Superman's robot, and we don't see forget that, that listener. She still has uh, stars shooting out of her butt <laughs> from the pain. <laughs> That's cosmically painful. Pain, the international sign for pain radiation, is a star shooting is out of her butt. Wiggly lines and a star. Yeah, but I'm sure nothing else will happen to me in the fortress. Yeah, probably not. Why, um, Lois? I have jobs to do. There's a cold snap predicted for this region today, but... Really, Superman, a cold snap predicted for the the Arctic? Arctic. Yeah. But you'll be uh, snug if my heating system's working properly. You'll be warm enough if the heating system... (laughs) Later, the temperature suddenly drops within the fortress. Brrr. So the heating system is broken down. She's forced to take a coat off of her wax dummy, which happens to be a yellow coat. So, of course, the... Squid ant schmoo creature schmoo goes insane and starts chasing her around. (laughs) So she takes the coat off and then the squid thing wraps its squid arm around her for warmth. Oh, the face. It does look pitiful there, doesn't it? Later, I'm just going to change the text a little bit to make it make more sense. Okay. Later, as Lois snoops around the medicine cabinet. (laughs) She's snooping into the closet. <laughs> she is. Um, where she finds uh, a shelf labeled Xmas gifts and boxes with different initials on. So we've got a J-O, <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, mm-hmm. uh, P-K, or P-W, Perry White. Perry White. C-K, Clark, Clark Kent. Kent. Wink, wink. And two boxes labeled L-L. L-L and L-L. So, obviously, Lois Lane, Lana Lang. It could be Lucy Lane. It could be Lona Lemayas. It could be Lori Lamaris. Lex Luthor. Oh, I, I don't think you'd have a gift for Lex Luthor. Many people in Superman's lives have the initials LL. What's that about? I don't I think they just, you know, somebody got a bug in their ear to, well, there's a Lois Lane and a Lana Lang. Let's, mm-hmm. let's keep going, everybody. It's 5 o'clock on Friday. So, let's stop for a second. Yes. This bottom right-hand panel. Uh huh. If ever I thought that Clark Kent was secretly Superman, this proves otherwise. Is she an idiot? Well, um, she is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Yes. Um. I yeah. 
I have no explanation. Obviously, it's a clever cover-up by Superman, we learned from the editorial box, to conceal his big secret from visitors, like Lois. So, Lois opens the two LL boxes. One of them has a framed portrait of Superman, which is signed, Your Friend Superman. The other has a framed portrait of Superman that says, To the only girl who knows my secret identity. Superman. Right? But what if it's Lana Lang? What if that's her gift? It could be my gift, which means he's going to reveal his identity before Christmas. But what if it's Lana's because she was his boyhood friend? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, I'll never forgive him if that happens. Um, so before bedtime, Lois is reading a book and it helpfully explains through her thought bubble that Superman once traveled back in time to Krypton where he had a girlfriend named Lila Laryl, who was an actress on Krypton. What? Yeah. Um, so he memorized Kryptonese books and later translated them into Earth language. And she's reading about a Krypton scientist who could change people into human plants. And mm-hmm. what do you know? Immediately she's being transformed into a human plant. Uh, Superman arrives just in time. <laughs> To tell her to stop screeching, Lois. <laughs> it's only your imagination. It's just the illusion jewel again. It looks like it's spilled out of your handbag. What's it doing in her handbag? That's what I right? thought. I thought she'd stolen it. Me too. Oh, it must have fallen into my handbag when I previously changed camera film near the jewel. I, she's not that stupid. <laughs> she really isn't. She's. It just. It. It makes me so angry that they paint her to be so stupid. Also, it was inside a bell jar. That they write her to be so stupid. Exactly. It wasn't just hanging out. It wasn't on the table like a, I don't know, like a a jewel. Or like a (laughs) alien pet that's enraged by the color yellow. It chases you. I mean, it's, it doesn't, it, it, oh. Um, I can't even put into words how much this makes me angry. Well, try. So, by morning, Lois, you'll be free of the star ray effects. I can fly you home tonight since the sun isn't shining. Well, it's shining somewhere. Like probably in the North Pole where it shines six months out of the year. Well, he's gonna, don't forget he's going to wrap her up in a tarp. His, his cape. Oh, true, yeah. true, 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 true. Well, she realizes her scheme is ruined. This is no place to live. Mm-hmm. Superman, as he flies her home, reveals to us through his thoughts that he... Uh, that things looked fishy right from the start. He was spying on her the entire time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now we learn that he doesn't even need a lexophone. He can spy on her anywhere she is on Earth with mm-hmm. his x-ray vision. So he uh, used x-ray vision to read her diary that she was writing in, where she revealed that she purposely looked into the wrong telescope. Mm. And she needs a lesson and how. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, first he blew his super breath into the intake grill of the ventilation system, which made the bed float. Then he controlled, this is what I had a problem with, he controlled the robot with his x-ray... Impulses? Impulses. What is that? X-ray impulses? I guess it's x-ray vision, but... Is that, can he communicate with his robots through his x-ray... Uh, apparently that's ha- what we have to accept okay. because it's happened that he's controlling the robot to spank Lois. Yeah. To the point where she can't sit down. Yeah, she and, and, and she shoots stars out of her muscle tissue. Yes. 
later, I lifted an iceberg out of the North Sea and put it on the roof of the fortress. <laughs> in the Arctic. In the Arctic. I couldn't just turn the heat down Mm-mm. from the inside. I had to uh, go to elaborate lengths to cool down the fortress, <clears throat> knowing that Lois will have to take the yellow coat from her wax dummy. And... Finally, he flew at super speed when she was reading that Krypton book, and he placed the illusion jewel on the table beside her, which made her hallucinate. Um, I think I've mentioned before that there is a blog called Superman is a Dick. Yes. And this is... Brilliant. This is... This exhibit is, A. Yes. Um, so he brings Lois home and thinks she'll never again think of making my fortress of solitude into a home sweet home for us if we married. <laughs> um, next day in the Daily Planet, she's so puzzled about those Christmas gifts she saw to the only girl who knows my secret identity. Will Superman give that photo to me or to Lana Lang? Well, so here's this. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, 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 I misread that. I thought she was actually thinking this and that he was answering her thoughts. No, no, she no. She spoke it out loud. Sorry. She, uh, the answer is neither. We're about to learn. Lois didn't know there were three LL boxes and photos at the fortress. One for Lois, one for Lana, and one for Linda Lee, the Why? other identity of Supergirl, who does know my secret identity. Why would he give his cousin a photograph of himself? Signed. Wait, which she's going to take, is she going to hang it at the orphanage? To the only girl who knows my <laughs> secret identity, the orphan girl, who's now going to be kidnapped and tortured she's until she reveals my, she might be. Yeah. I'm not sure. But we see that Christmas 1959 is coming up, so. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the end. And he winks at us. Yep. <laughs> well... If you build a fortress in the middle of the earth. That's an old Sting song. Ah! Uh, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. Around your heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Around your heart. Let me set your battlements on fire. Remember that video had, um, in the old days, listener, we had a thing called MTV and it showed music videos. Um, and that video for that song, for some reason, it just had a, a little person running around in it. Really? And like lightning and the little person. And I think Sting was like shirtless and was playing a guitar and stuff. I mean, that's obviously what Sting does, but um, it was a great video. Is your jaw dropping? Thing still looks fantastic. That fucker. We saw him in concert last summer, and he's 70 years old. He looks 32 tops. His body is in fantastic shape. His son was the warm-up actor, and his son looks about 60. Yeah. And Sting put on an unbelievable concert. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, of course, we will never have live concerts anymore in the as long as we live, so we'll cherish that memory. No, we um, will. Pro- it's, yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's all I have for this week. That was fun. It was an 80-page giant. Thank you for not making us go through all 80 pages. And guess what? What? That's our 99th episode. Our next episode is episode 100. Wow. Yeah. 
That's great. That means I'm going to have to change the theme song for episode 101. You are? Yes, I changed it for episode 50. So every 50 episodes, I'm changing the theme song. In these dark and lonely times. Right, is it, you know, silver and sunshine. Oh, because you have to find another one, don't you? Yeah. Do you know what you're going to do? Nope. Okay. It'll come to me. You can find us on social media at gogocheckpod.com. No, there's no .com. Gogocheckpod. You can find us... Oh, yes, of course. Why are you looking quizzically at me? Well, I, because, of course, social media doesn't have a .com. Right. Let me start over. Okay. You can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your free downloaded podcasts from. And you can join us right back here. Uh, I'm not going to say next week because our plans often go awry. Two weeks tops. Hopefully. With episode 100. Yes. With lots of special guest stars and something you've been waiting for literally since episode one charo no oh better scooter oh my god not scooter scooter is here wow finally same great all right anything to add no it's good to be here with you same yeah bye bye